Okay, so I want to start off the episode by setting a scene for you. So let's say two of your favorite bands are releasing albums at midnight on Friday. It's 11.45 p.m. and Thursday night, and you're settling in, getting ready for the release of these new albums. How do you prepare? What's your routine? Oof, where to even begin? Uh, well, I mean, at least the week before, I would do a full marathon of every album that they've had up till now and listen to them all once, maybe even two to three times Very in good. succession. Sit on the couch, make a charcuterie board, get oh, some wine going, beautiful. get the good headphones. Beautiful. And then sometimes I still, sometimes I want to put like a picture of them in front of me while oh. I'm also listening so that I can just, you know, visualize them. Yeah, so you, you connect, can... you connect. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah, that's, that's just perfect. Um, yeah, for me, I mean... I like to get the mood lighting going, get some very nice, nice, easy, comforting tones, uh, get maybe a scented candle, try and find a scent that kind of matches up with the music. Um, very nice, very nice. Yeah, yeah. Pick a nice, uh, a nice, nice strain of fine cannabis to enjoy with with whatever genre might uh, might I might be listening to. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's what it's all about. Welcome back to the play button. I am uh, your co-host Peter, and I'm joined by my esteemed colleague and friend Kevin. Hello. Uh, on a on a very momentous week, a week that we've probably been salivating over for I'd say a month now, as pre-release singles come through. All of these bands, uh, at least one of us is a major fan of, and was very much looking forward to these releases. So it's a bit of a big week. Um, and we're going to try to go through everything without getting ridiculously into the weeds. That's going to be tough. Uh, it's going to be tough. It, it will be tough. Uh, we have uh, the new Gorillaz album, Song Machine Season 1, uh, followed up by the new EP by Toronto Band Pup, This Place Sucks Ass. And then we're going to talk about the uh, Nothing But Thieves album, uh, Moral Panic, that just came out as well last Friday. So big week. Kevin and I have been listening all weekend to these nonstop. Are ready to talk about them. Let's do it. All right, I'll start with Gorillas. Uh, so Gorillas are a very long-standing um, trip-hop electronic group out of London. They were born by uh, Blur's Damon Albarn um, and an artist by the name of Jamie Hewlett. Uh, they are they have always been a bit of a rotating cast of characters, um, but. Over the years, they've had some major albums and major hits that have fused, like I said, trip-hop, electronic, um, UK grime comes into play, Britpop. They're, they're very all over the place. Damon Albarn has a wide imagination. Um, Kevin, would you... I know you know about Gorillaz. Were you really big on them? And would you consider them an important band in the 2000s or just more of a derivative band? Um. So... Yeah, they've been around for longer than you would think, I, I feel. Um, I kind of only, my, my sense of them comes from, I think, their first couple of albums. So songs like Clint Eastwood and uh, songs like, what are what are their other big hits? I don't even, can't even think of them They're, off the top of my head. Demon Days, Demon Days had a lot of them. Oh, Feel Good Ink, of course. Feel Good Ink, yeah, yeah. Dirty Harry. Yeah, um, exactly. So so those, those kinds of songs... Um, I never really was was like super into them. I don't really like Damon Albarn's voice, and I think 
Uh, I mean, I, I haven't really listened to them too in depth, but I feel like those first two albums were were mostly him. Uh, whereas this new project has more guest stars than I've ever seen. That's definitely what they've been growing towards over the years. Um, they started with you know a heavy amount of features. Um, a lot of experimentation and a, and a decent amount of features on Demon Days, but over the years, it's basically just become one big massive collaboration with mm. like dozens upon dozens of artists. Um, they also released this new album, Song Machine Season 1, in episode format. So over the course of 2020, uh, I'd say on average once a month, they released a song, calling it an episode, uh, and then it's all culminated as part of this album. Kev, what do you think about the episode format and the fact that they've kind of, you know, tripped over themselves now and said, uh, oh, actually, it's it's an album. Um, do you like that they did that? No? Yeah, it's it's a bit of an odd way to market and release music. Um, I guess I'm not too familiar with... I'm, I'm guessing this is something new for them and they haven't really done this kind of episodic format before. Um, and... I also guess that nobody knew that it was going to come together as an album. Is that is that right? It felt like they were going to do something, um, and maybe just maybe like a TV series. They would just keep the episodes. Yeah, I heard about that. At some, at some point, you know, this season is over. Stay tuned for next season. Right. And then take I see. A bit of I a see. Break. I see. Yeah, um, I, and I, I think I I feel that in the the track list, so many of the songs are so different because they each have completely different guests that um this thing it for some reason it feels like the songs shouldn't work together because they're so different but i find it such a good cohesive whole and it really has its own sound and the the thing i love about this album is that instead of just doing kind of crossover between genres it's more like they're making something completely new with influences from different genres. And I think that's a subtle difference, but it makes um, it just makes it so much more dynamic and interesting to listen to. Um, so I really enjoyed that aspect. Yeah, and they were already kind of trying this on their last album, Humans. But yeah, over time, their features have grown, I'd say, bigger budget, but also more obscure at the same time. Mm-hmm. Just weirder, weirder artists that you wouldn't expect to see on here, right. but also bigger artists each time. Elton John um, make, on this one. Yeah, Elton John on this one. Um, but also, like, JPEG Mafia, huge fan. Of, right. I'm a huge fan of him. Um, to me, it ended up being kind of a double-edged sword. It does feel, and it felt like this on their last album, or, sorry, two albums ago, Humans as well. Um, it feels like he's kind of mashing things together too much and throwing them at the wall and seeing what sticks. Mm. And it, it, I do applaud him for experimenting, but, I mean... Every single Gorillaz album now, I feel like I, I, I get a list, I get my pen and paper out, and I say, I have a, three columns, ones that I like, ones that are okay, and ones that I hate. Right, in right. This case, in this case, they were all about equally, like, six to seven songs in each bucket. It was, a, it was an incredibly mixed album for me. I tend to like more of the hip-hop side, so I like okay. songs like Pac-Man. Okay, I love Pac-Man. ML- Pac-Man was awesome, I love Schoolboy Q., um mls with jpeg mafia i also right. like the more chill vibes like desole and friday 13th with octavian right um but but way too often i found myself just wondering what the hell they were going for that song with saint vincent yeah just being res- she, she gets resorted to just backup vocals yeah i didn't get that i didn't get that <laughs> i mean why like it would have been awesome if she was on guitar I know she can play it too, and maybe I don't know. Maybe she had some odd noodling in the production as well. Yeah, she, she's she's quite, quite talented. But I think 
Um, and I know for a fact he 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 wrote humans like this where everything was done kind of remotely. And I bet you in COVID it was very it was not very different. Where he's just he kind of just manages a whole bunch of different projects over emails. Some of them become songs, some of right. them don't. Believe it or not, he's he's addressed that he's been trying to work songs with Tame Impala. They just haven't yes, you know, progressed yeah. along far enough yet. So, I mean, he's got a whole bunch of things that work. But that's perfect for 2020, isn't it? It is. Um, but I, I, I think that the final product is becoming a bit too mixed for my liking and a little mm. too all over the place. I also don't want an entire album of Damon Albarn. That's pretty boring to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just kind of wish that um, maybe they'd give the songs some time to sit before they, you know, under, they understand what they want from them. <laughs> right. So so one thing I'd say, though, is um, after looking this up, it seems like the last... Um, seven tracks the last seven tracks are actually part of an expanded deluxe version and the standard album is actually tracks one through 11 personally i thought that those last seven tracks with the exception of uh, mls uh were actually weaker and they kind of bored me by the end but i found those first 11 tracks the ones that are on the quote-unquote main album to be pretty pretty solid so i think overall i enjoyed it Cool. All right. Let's move on to one of my favorite bands. Uh, they are from Toronto. It's the band Pup. They've just released a new EP called This Place Sucks Ass. This is the first new material from uh, from them since their last uh, Juno Award winning album, Morbid Stuff. Uh, this is a band that it's a genre that I normally don't really enjoy, but for some reason they have just turned out to be one of my favorite bands, period. I think they fall into this um, into this this uh, movement of bands from Toronto that are active in the punk scene that are getting a lot of acclaim. We covered one of them last week, Mets. There's also the band Fucked Up, and I think Pup kind of slots into that that local scene of of uh, punk bands that are kind of making it big. So um, I guess the first thing that I wanted to ask you about this, Peter, is typically. Like, I don't want to get too in-depth with labeling things and genres, because that's just a futile exercise and it's it's pointless. But <laughs> pup is usually branded as pop punk. But when I think of pop punk, I think of Blink-182, Sum 41, Good Charlotte. Uh, and I don't think I don't think there's much in common with those kinds of bands. What, what do you think about that? I don't... You're right. Um, those bands seem to be much more much more sing-alongy and heavy chorus driven yeah. um there's really no screaming especially towards the later stages of their discographies the ones yeah. you mentioned um they they did f- they did veer maybe a bit too much on the pop side whereas uh whereas pop is you know keeping a bit of the bite in their music i mean yeah exactly punk, punk is such a broad genre it's been it's been divided into a whole bunch of subgenres over the course of the years but they've just the only difference is that they've kept a little bit of the bite. You mentioned a whole bunch of bands. I thought on the the song AM 180, I felt Weezer vibes, and mm. um, and I felt like that's what Weezer could have could have turned into maybe if they kept their bite. They're just doing it. They're doing it a little differently, and 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 I applaud them for trying to get more of a an aggressive punk flavor um, right. into the mainstream a bit more. Yeah. So, uh interesting that you mentioned AM180 because that that song's actually not them. It's a cover. 
uh, of a band from the 90s uh, called Granddaddy. Um, I feel like they're they're kind of a cult uh, favorite kind of indie rock band. Um, but yeah, I, I thought that that's interesting that they kind of included that. Um, it does sound like it could be them because it's definitely along the same lines, but I think that just it speaks to the fact that Pup takes um, influence from a whole bunch of different genres. And um, that's one thing that I really like about them. I feel like all five of the songs on this, uh, sorry, six of the songs on this EP um, each carry a different flavor. I do find that there's uh, some songs like Floodgates. I felt like there's a bit of a B-side quality to them. Like it's just clearly not you know, their best material, their A material, but they're just going to throw it on here anyways. But songs like Anaphylaxis, songs like Nothing Changes, I think those are some of the best songs that they've put out, period. And uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. I'm, I'm also curious to hear your thoughts on the last track, Edmonton, because that um, is one of their heaviest tracks that they put uh, that they've put out uh, to date. I mean, I like I like their more aggressive edge. Um, it's no full blown meltdown. Um, yeah, but I, but I, I, I was, I was interested in it. I tried to read the lyrics. I, they're oddly dark. I like the yeah. song, but the, the lyrics are dark and very, very strange. And I was wondering if you had done enough research maybe to know what the hell he's talking about on this. Yeah. So, um, usually Pup's lyrics. So I really love Pup's lyrics. They're usually very tongue in cheek and very just silly and, and, half serious half joking and just in a really funny relatable way but um i this song is very dark because it i I think it it essentially is just trying to capture survivor guilt where he's talking about being on tour in edmonton on stage um there's a line talking about that night in edmonton with all my friends singing songs about killing them that's a a reference to um a fan favorite pup song if this tour doesn't kill you i will they close every show with it and um what it's about is him thinking about a friend who recently died and he's not able to be there for their funeral and so it's just really dark talking about that you know loneliness and and you know depression being on tour you know night after night with you know hundreds of screaming fans and and whatever so yeah very heavy way to end the album but um yeah i i enjoyed it overall what did you think of it overall i thought it was a another pretty solid outing for them and it 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 played off a lot of the success of morbid stuff so i i talked i talked about other bands being sing-along i still do think pup is sing-along and i think Mm -hmm. that songs like anaphylaxis remind me of you know the the most exciting parts of morbid stuff like kids or bloody mary kate and ashley like Mm -hmm. it still felt very much like them a little bit more aggressive but pretty solid all right uh last album we're going to cover is the new nothing but thieves album moral panic uh it's a follow-up to their uh 2018 EP, but also their 2017 album, Broken Machine. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of their 2018 EP. It was kind of forgettable, but I thought Broken Machine was one of the strongest modern rock albums, all killer, no filler, across all the tracks, even the deluxe version. So I was very much looking forward to this. The singles were... uh, Singles were, in general, some of the strongest songs that I've heard out of them yet. uh, they are sorry to get some background. They're from uh, they're Essex based. They're five man alternative rock band. Um, 
and they sport one of arguably one of the most dazzling male voices in rock right now, Connor Mason. He reminds me of like a modern day Matt Bellamy. Um, and he sings over instrumentals that feel some a lot of times like Queens of the Stone Age. And mm-hmm. I love the mix. Um, Kev, now that you've had a chance to you maybe go back to their old albums and singles, what do you think? Is his voice too much or do you dig it? Um, this this band is is it's tough for me. And uh, I, I'm sorry, but I feel like there's almost two bands at play here. So. I really enjoy their slower, groovier songs. Um, so the title track on the last album, Broken Machine, I enjoyed that. Uh, on this album, I enjoyed songs like Moral Panic, I guess also the title track, and uh, Phobia. But my problem is it just seems like, especially with this album, they are really moving into this arena-friendly mainstream rock kind of sound with very anthemic choruses um very clean um you know high quality production but i just don't feel like there's space uh enough space for them and uh, i think that they do have some good creativity and um they have potential but for some reason on this album i just don't see it and songs like real love song that that to me is literally a killer song like it it is it is literally a song the killers could have put out and uh yeah i didn't i did not really dig that i didn't know what you meant there for a second but now i do yes it does sound like brandon (laughs) flowers on the track i agree That was one thing i was worried about so real love song is is in what i would consider a ballad one thing I was worried about going into this album was that they were going to double up on the ballads because of a song like Sorry off of Broken Machine, which ended up catapulting to be some of their most popular, one of their most popular songs now is probably Sorry. Mm-hmm. I was worried that they would just plug a whole bunch of songs like that onto this album just to, you know, just to, you know, make the girls swoon, make lovey yeah, lovey yeah. lyrics, get everybody onto it. I, I was worried about that. I thought... I thought um, the variety on it was actually a lot better than what I was expecting, though. So, mm. I mean, while I while I do kind of cringe at the songs like Real Love Song and Impossible was another oh, one. Oh, God. Oh, that song um, killed me. I, I, dig the, I dig the more electro rock style. It seems to be like every rock band eventually gets to the stage in their in their life anyways. And these guys are probably probably playing it about as good as you possibly could. Um, the, strong, the songwriting is... Songwriting is... Uh, is very strong, probably some of the strongest they've ever had. And so when so working with these simple formulas, they're still able to get a lot more out of it. That's why mm-hmm. songs like Unperson or like There Was There Was Sun, um, unbelievable songs to me. I I, <laughs> I, I dig it. I, I'm you know, we, we differ in this sense. I like the arena rock sometimes when it's done well. Yeah. That's why I like I like bands like Foles who do kind of the same thing. Yeah, true, true. True. Um, did you like Before We Drift Away? Because I, I really like that song too. Again, it was kind of a slower more patient build to the big kind of chorus and finale i thought it had uh i liked it a lot it had red hot chili pepper vibes to it a little Mm, bit interesting um which uh which which i dug did you like uh can you afford to be an individual yeah yeah and and that one i actually uh i have notes for (laughs) sounds like a mainstream queens of the stone age uh so i definitely pick up on that queens of the stone age influence um yeah i i think they have a lot of of interesting influences and sounds that they're trying to bring in. Uh, I think Phobia pulls a lot from um, Billie Eilish, 
um just in that kind of uh groovy kind of lower low key sound um i i think i just wish that they were a little less obvious about it and and yeah all right so uh before we get into songs and the topic let's just wrap things up really quick so i started us off by reviewing the new gorillas album um i talked a lot about how mixed i felt about the songs um probably about equally as many uh hits versus misses for me um but nothing that holds a candle to their old albums and i sound like a stubborn old man with this <laughs> but i i like go find me a song on this track list that's like a dirty harry or a feel good ink it's not there um and the good songs are good and they're experimenting but it's just not enough for me it's not consistent enough so it's actually a pause believe it or not interesting i did not predict that at all um and i'm wondering if you'd predict that i would give this a play because i i really enjoyed it um definitely way way better than than i expected um songs like pac-man are are excellent um you have crazy guest stars from all over the place um tons of different artists coming together on this thing uh i really hate the name i think the name of the album is really stupid (laughs) song machine season one strange times with a z that's just stupid um and i don't like their aesthetic and their their style i don't like that animated virtual band shtick i'm not really down for that um, I think it's unique. I like it, but uh, yeah, but just just the aesthetic kind of bothers me. But um, the music, I can't uh, can't deny it. It's good, so that's a play. I, that is that is the literal opposite of what I thought going into Friday. That's amazing. <laughs> well done. Um, next album, uh, next EP was uh, "This Place Sucks Ass" by Pup. Um, I think you know overall, it's still an EP. I think it's a bit of a step down in quality from just their A material, and that that just speaks to how good their A material is. Um, and uh, but but given that, I think the songs here are good enough. I think songs like Anaphylaxis, Nothing Changes, Edmonton, they're classics uh, in their discography. And um, the other songs, eh, they could be a bit passable, but passable by Pup is still pretty good enough. So a definite definite play. I probably feel almost exactly the same way. It's definitely a deluxe version of morbid stuff mm. in my eyes, but it's still a pretty good it's still a pretty good set of songs here that I will still come back to and I it still keeps me excited about uh future pup releases, so it's a play for me too. Good stuff. Uh, and then the last one was uh Nothing But Thieves. Um I told you how uh how much I was anticipating this album. I loved Broken Machine and I thought that that was one of the one of the best rock albums I've heard, uh, most varied as well. So many different styles that they play at. I felt this was actually, this lived up to the hype. They try a lot of different stuff here too. Even some borderline rage against the machine rapping on, can you afford to be an individual? Unbelievable. I don't know what the, they're, they're going, they're all over the place here and I want all of it. I thought, I thought it was really good. Minus the, minus the, uh, some of the ballads, um, huge play for me though. Not that that means anything. A huge play is still a play. um yeah for me i i think that there's some areas where um you know if they went down that direction a bit more i think i would enjoy it more but when you pepper in songs uh like real love song and impossible like i i just can't uh really really dislike that uh that style of music and um I don't know. I, it's a it's pretty iffy. I think they're trending in the wrong direction, uh, but I hope to be proven wrong. So a pause for me. All right. Uh, so we'll go quickly over songs. There aren't uh, a whole lot today. I'm I uh, 
I'm hearing there's an album coming by Ariana Grande, so I'm hesitant to talk about the one song. I think there's a whole album coming soon, but uh, the, the song Positions came out this week, uh, equipped with a music video of her being president, running through the White House. Um, Very good. Uh, my girlfriend and I have been cranking it pretty much since day one. Um, it gets me really excited about the upcoming album, although I'm trying to try to not get too excited, but uh, it's awesome. And uh, for me, kind of song of the week here, uh, Dirty Projectors has put out a brand new song called Searching Spirit. It's going to be on um, the fifth EP that they've released in 2020 called Ring Road. Uh, Basically what they're doing is just a project of five EPs um, that they're releasing through 2020. And then in the end, it'll make this whole cohesive whole. So uh, if you like Dirty Projectors, uh, it's just a classic track by them. you know, excellent acoustic guitar, great vocal harmonies. Um, So I'm excited for that EP to come out. All right, uh, we're going to get into the topic now, though, to finish the show off. We tried to do songs earlier today uh, and leave the topic for the end. Um, So... In each of the cases this week, Nothing But Thieves, Pup, and Gorillaz released a lot of songs early. Arguably almost even half the album was out by the time the release date happened. Um, and, in, and, in, and in some cases, some of the songs had been out for a very long time. Um, I was going to ask Kevin, and I'll talk a little bit about whether you think that's a good strategy by artists to get a lot of songs out before or to leave some up to the imagination. Yeah, I think it's it's a pretty strange marketing um, technique to release a whole bunch of songs from an upcoming album. But I think it depends on who they're trying to target, because for me, I listen to albums as full albums. So if an album comes out, I will put it on and listen to it straight through. Um, I'm not as much into picking and choosing individual songs and putting them on a playlist, but I think that's what the the aim is when they do that style of releasing all these different songs because if you have a popular enough artist each time a song is released you get this spike in popularity and you get the chance you know it's very easy for people to just add quickly one song to their you know morning jogging playlist or whatever um but in the context of listening to the whole album i think it sometimes ruins it because uh if it's a band that i really like i'm just going to overplay the shit out of you know those those songs that are released and then when the album comes out it's going to be like oh and it's usually tracks one two or three that's typically where singles are so usually you know when i listen to the full album the beginning of that is just like oh great i've heard the song a hundred times like i want to get to the new stuff um yeah what do you think there is a recent trend though that they put the singles towards the end i know hmm. drake did that on one album ariana grande did it on her last they are trying to get away from it but yeah too often than not um, I find it's all at the beginning and now you're just like you're left to just sift through, you know, the other songs that are on this album. I don't know, to me to me it's a it's a function of how long have the singles been out. So um in the case of the new Ariana Grande album, I think these singles only gonna have been out for a week, which is nice. Now I have like hopefully an entire album to dissect and listen to organically for the first time without overplaying that first song. Um but it also is a it also is um how they fit into the context of the album and most importantly is there a hidden gem still waiting in the track list right. i i don't i can't tell you what's i can't tell you a more maddening trend than when i i listen to an album and all the singles all the good songs are out and there's really nothing left left to sit through right um 
Um, your brother is going to particularly hate this opinion, but I thought that Tame Impala didn't do that very well on the slow <laughs> rush earlier this year. I look forward hey, I'm to I'm also going to hate this opinion. <laughs> I, uh, I, I look forward to uh, his angry DMs later, but... Um, yeah, I thought I thought the slow rush was an, an incredible example of this, where the songs that were released were arguably some of the best, and there really wasn't much uh, there really wasn't much left to sit through. One of them was the song "Glimmer." Oh man, what the hell was that song? <laughs> Just a glorified interlude, and the rest of it the rest of it I had heard already, and I was really but, I was even I even a guy who wasn't an, um, a fan of Tame Impala, I was excited for this album. I was like, man, these right. singles are unreal. And then it came, and two, and all the songs I hadn't heard were, I don't know, mostly pretty garbage. No offense. Oh, th- this is de- devolving into an argument about the slow <laughs> rush. But I will say that "Breathe Deeper" was not released as a single, and that's the best track. And uh, yeah, so. But then it does uh, it does work on other albums. Like I thought Lana Del Rey with Norman Fucking Rockwell. There was at least five or six songs released uh, before release date on that, and it still somehow worked as a cohesive whole. I don't know, mm. and, and it was because there were hidden gems in the track list that hadn't been unveiled yet and you you you've like unearthed them yourself as you listen to the album more which feels rewarding right right yeah so um we were talking about pop doing this and i have this like kind of conspiracy not conspiracy theory but just a just a theory because they released anaphylaxis in march as a standalone single and the art that came with it was uh it was very similar to morbid stuff's style of art and then they released that AM180 cover just on its own a few months later. So I have this this theory that they weren't planning to make an EP, but they had to just kind of throw things together just to put it out because they're desperate for money and they just need to release something. And I feel like that's uh, a bit of a trend in 2020 with some lesser known artists. So um, yeah, and any lesser known artists that you know, you should support them. Buy, buy their music, buy their merch, buy their live stream tickets. You don't think that it was just that they got bored during COVID, too? Oh, that, like, that's oh, another like, possibility. Some good music's coming out of this. Let's just put out something. Yeah, that's totally possible. All right. Um, well, I think that wraps it up for this episode. Um, we had some great discussion on these three albums. Um, and uh, yeah, we're excited to um, keep listening and uh, keep making new episodes. So thanks for listening. Um, again, check our show notes for our song recommendations from these albums and, um, you know, something new that we've set up. We actually have, uh, official playlists on Apple music and Spotify that have all of the songs from all of the episodes. And, uh, you know, you can just throw that on and hit shuffle and then, uh, just check out some of the music that, uh, we're into at the moment. Um, so thanks again for listening, uh, like, and review us and rate us and do whatever on, uh, whatever platform. So thanks for listening and we'll see you later.